Well, I'm going to tell you what, I don't think it'll hurt for us to pray again. How about that? Does that sound good? It's, uh, you know, you guys really miss out that you don't uh, come in person, but we're glad at least you turn it on and turn it up. And so uh, hopefully we're going to make it on through here because I believe God has got a word that is in season for each one of us. Amen. So, uh, Lord, we just come to you today knowing that, you know, in the midst of everything, you are the conqueror. And, Lord, we thank you for our relationship with your son, Jesus, uh, that you love us so much that he gave his life. He willingly laid down. But he brought it back up on the third day. So, Lord, we, we think about that each and every day. And I pray that our, our words are pleasing. I pray that our hearts are open and the message is powerful for each one here today. Amen. Well, with that being said, uh, the title for what we have today is called Jump In the Deep End. And I want to share a few things while Tim's getting everything rolling here. I just said I think one of the best ways to do this stuff, whatever, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to share something that you guys are going to love. Anybody like a story of yesteryear? Especially if it's on the pastor, right? How many people are familiar with pool hopping? Pool hopping. Yeah, folks with nice neighborhoods don't know what that is. <laughs> folks that did not have a pool in their backyard, they go, yeah, we did it all the time. So I want to share that with you a little bit, a little, little buckroology, you know? And my dad's theory was about having a pool living so close to buckro was this. Hey, you know, you could walk to the beach, man. We don't need no pool in the backyard. So I said, okay. So me and my buddies, we, we, as time went by, we said, you know, that sounds good. We'd walk to the beach sometimes. Sometimes we ride to the beach. So we get there, and, and really what happens after a while, it just gets hot. And you get in, and then you're out there, and you smell like jellyfish or whatever, crab bait, whatever. You know, and we started to know, now this is going way back. All the folks who have been to Buckroom in the last 20 years will have no idea what I'm talking about. But anybody else will. So we start looking over there at the Blue Marlin Restaurant and Hotel. And we surmise that they're living pretty good over there. So I don't have your regular buddies just going crazy. We're thinking this through. In other words, we're going to case the place out. So what we find is, man, you know, there's a lot of rooms and stuff over there. And we see every now and then somebody would come out from the staff and they go, Excuse me, what, what room are you in? What room are you in? Just making sure, you know, it didn't have any riffraff like us jumping the fence. So we go and look around. And I want you all to hear this real clear. We decide that we go, my buddy said, look, my brother's done this for a long time. You got to find the number that's on the other side. Because time to go over there to check the number, we can leave. I said, okay, that's great. So we go over and we decide that 50 is a good number. We're in room 50. If anything happens, we're in room 50 and we're out of here. Everybody track it so far. <clears throat> so we go over there, park the bikes to the side, kind of slide over, you know, and get in the pool area, you know. And we start out with our toes in it a little bit. You know, and then there's a couple of pretty girls come in, and then their mom and dad come in and everything. And my, all my buddies can swim, but guess what? I don't swim. You think that's going to hold me back? That ain't going to slow me down, because you know what? We're going to be cool, right? So we get out there, and they're jumping off the diving board. I mean, they're doing it up. And my buddy goes, dude, you can do that. Your sister's in gymnastics. You can do that. I go, yeah, I could do that. So... About midway through that, see, most people that do the diving board jump up and down and up and down and go into the deep end. I panic and run and jump all the way to the shallow end. Wow! I land in about like this. I'm thinking that's victory, right? And the guys are going, that was good. <laughs> you always need some buddies like that. That was good. Do it again. Do it again. See how far you can jump. So it's like the broad jump now. So I'm going. I'm going. After about 10 times of running and jumping all you can and people moving kids out of the pool, but you don't really realize that. You start getting a little tired. Can't swim. Still a little tired. How many know in the real nice pools they have the little separation ropes and stuff like that? 
Well, on about my 10th try, I was running out of juice. Now, let me ask you, anybody here ever owned some Birdwell Beach britches? They were, they were, I mean, I tell you what, do you know how many yards I had to cut to get a pair of those? Like five yards. I think it was $17, you know. <laughs> so he had those fancy Birdwell Beach britches on there. And I'll just tell you early in the story, there's a reason why they got the big old long tying strap on there that nobody ever used to tie. But I can tell you, after jumping 10 times, you probably should have that tied. Anyway, I go and I take off. And I lose a little momentum. And all of a sudden, gravity takes over and the shorts are riding down. I'm going to give you the blow by blow, but I hope, you know, and we're going, and it's going down, and I'm trying to do like the guys now that walk in the the store like this. I'm trying to do that in the air. But my big toe gets caught on the rope in the deep section. And I straddle that baby. Boom! And I'm taking on water, man. I'm taking on water. I'm telling you, it's coming down. And I'm thinking, I'm going to drown. All this is slow motion, right? I'm going to drown. And I start looking up, and the sun's there, and I think, I think I see an angel. And I'm looking, and I think, they're a lot bigger than what I thought, right? And I come out, and I'm still, whoa, 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 and I'm going, wow, they smoke cigars. I didn't know that. I'm thinking, maybe this ain't an angel, but I'm still trying to get this together. And they talk just like the sailors that live across the street from us in the rental house. Yeah, this is not, this is not an angel. It was the pool manager guy with the cigar. And he starts screaming, What room are you in? I'm waterlogged. I'm scared. But I know the answer. And it comes out. I know what I said, but what come out was something like this. I was supposed to say 50. And I said, Please, please. Y'all caught him. What? I go, 50.
not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all the, to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But ask him, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all he does. So I want to talk to you about that a little bit today. If we're going to jump into the deep pool and the deep end where God wants us to be trusting on him, we've got to have faith in that. We've got to be looking at what God has for us. And everybody knows that's true, say amen. So that being said, let's go here and flip on to the shallow end of the middle. I think a lot of times, if you look back over your Christian walk, let me answer this. Would you say that it's been kind of shallow? Think about it. You know, a lot of times, you know, some days are better than others. Sometimes, what do you mean by shallow living? It's just, it's just kind of the Holy Spirit, spiritual pokey pokey. Put your right foot in, put your right foot out. Because we're kind of in, we go to church a little bit, then we come back out. Kind of pray sometimes, and we don't. You know, all those different things like that. But I want us to know that God is a full-time God, amen? How many full-time Christians do we got? It doesn't come with a part-time club card, right? It is all in. But a lot of times we like to play it safe. How many people are risk takers? Couple? Yeah, yeah. You can tell I'm not right after that story. <laughs> no, but you're just stupid. That's <laughs> But I'm talking about trusting God. And that is the wisest thing any of us can do. So I want to look at that. When we start thinking about our own Christian walk, have you been splashing in the shallow end? I want to talk about that a little bit. What I mean by that, are we just playing it safe? How many know God is a good God? How many know that God is, is for us and God wants the best for us? Also, how many know, let's just look at it in our, on our own little natural room. Yeah, how many know that, that as a rule, your parents love you? Right? And as a rule, if you listen to them, they're going to teach you things because they love you and they've been down that path before. Right? But if we just, we, we just partially listen, and partially apply that, it's really shallow limited, isn't it? How do you know that sometimes we have shallow relationships? You know what I mean? You've got those deep relationships, and you'll find this, and the deep relationships that you have, you invest in them. You nurture them. It takes time. So sometimes people say, you know, oh, you got a lot of friends. Oh, I've got a lot of friends. you got a lot of good friends. And you go, well, well, i got a couple good friends. Because a lot of times it's just very shallow. We don't invest. Well, how much more do we need to invest in the things of God? What we don't realize sometimes is this. We may be waiting in trouble waters. See, when I was jumping in that pool, I thought I was playing it safe, right? I thought I was jumping all the way where I could handle it. But in, in, in just a few jumps, as I got tired doing things in my own strength, I found that I can get in over my head real fast. It's just like our life. A lot of times we'll take off and go, oh, I got it. How many people do this sometimes? You don't have to raise your hand, you just not. We don't want to bug God with the small stuff. We're just going to call on God for the big stuff. We do that, don't we? Now, I, I, my analogy for that is when we got kids that go to school and you come home and you go, How was your day? They go, oh, It's the same one. Then the next day they go, Oh, nothing happens the same But you, as a loving parent, want to know what's going on. You want to be plugged in? How much more is that? I don't know what's going on, you know? I mean, you don't have to tell me what your locker combination is. But I'm like, hey, everything's going good. 
I gotta say this when, when my, my uh, nephew Wade was little, when he started school a little bit, I used to say, hey man, I'm school. He said, it's good, I'm good, it's good. I said, anybody ask about me today? I was 30 years No. <laughs> so, so the next time I see him, I said, man, how was school, bud? He said, it's, it's okay, it's okay. I said, anybody ask about me? Nobody asked about me. About the third time, go by and say, hey man, what's up? how was school? He said, it was good. I said, anybody ask about me? He said, no, but I told him. <laughs> That's when I stop. You play with me. That's good, son. You're doing good. No, I told you. Yeah. How often do we tell people about Christ? How often do we tell people about what God's doing in our life? Now, we don't have any problem telling people about our problems, do we? You know what's wrong? You ever heard that? People tell you what's wrong all day long, and then they'll call you after that and send you three texts and tell you there's about four more things going on. Right? That doesn't happen to nobody, right? Y'all don't do that. What happens, I'll probably get to hear myself, but what happens, I'm not doubting that we got some things wrong, but if we took that same amount of time and put it to prayer, it would be seeing some changes, right? Absolutely. So look at that. Sometimes we can be waiting in tra trouble war. But look at this. I'm going to go back to our scripture again. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. How many times we kind of make a team? You say, wait well, I'm going to trust this or that. I'm going to trust this person for that. I'm going to trust this for that. And then I'm going to trust God for this stuff. Are we trusting God for all things that we do? The big, the medium, the small, the supersized? Because God is a good God. You're going to hear me say that all day. And you know what? It's not based on your performance. Somebody say amen. amen. When you're a child of God, you don't get a little dose of the Holy Spirit. You get the full measure. When you're saved, you're not just partially saved. Uh, if he gives you eternal life, it's not just for a week, right? You guys should be saying amen. Yeah, okay. Eternal life is for eternity. Unconditional love. So, man, I'm going to be jumping up and down right now. Because I'm going to tell you what, when I start thinking about how much God loves us, let's make it personal. When I start thinking about how much God loves me, I, I, I can't even get it in my little pumpkin head. It's crazy. It's nothing. God loves me. God will allow me to do this. God will, will bless me with an amazing family, amazing church family. Man, keeping my mom around for 88 years, I try to look at the good stuff. And sometimes you need a good friend to come along and say, that's enough of the bad stuff. Let's move to the good stuff. Amen? Don't get mad at your friends and tell you the truth. Don't think they don't care, but they probably hurt. Let's just keep on moving with that. Amen? So we want to get out of the shallow living life and move into the fullness of what God has. Let's move on here. It says, do not waver for a person with a divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. I get to visit David Glory as much as I can, and I love hanging out over there because they got a great view of the water. Now that's a lot of water for me. For David, that's why I like that. And out there with boats on this. I'm like, that's, I can't swim that far. That's a lot of water. But, you know, I'm talking, I'm looking, I'm looking at the water going this way, going this way, and this and that, and everything else, and seeing how the current changes, and seeing how the wind changes and stuff. Picture that when you read that part of scripture. Do not wait for a person with the divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. We want to be steadfast. We were studying it this week, Tuesday, Bible study. I want to invite you guys out every Tuesday, 7 to 8, 15. We have been doing some really cool study, and I just want to thank everybody coming out because I tell you what, I learned so much from what you guys are sharing. So never think you don't have anything to bring to the table. you got product to bring to the table. Amen. As a, as a believer in Christ. 
quick. Let's slow them down a little bit more. I said, shallow relationships drive quick when things get done. Can I get an amen there? Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? You, yeah, 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 yeah. You see all the time. How many people like watching the crime shows? You watch the crime shows? I gotta be careful. I'll start watching all that and you know, moving on, everything else. And I was like, man, I, I need to go to bed, but I'm gonna watch one more. You ever see what happens? Those good, lovey-dovey relationships, those friends and everything else, and they get one on one of the light. Come on, tell us the truth. I don't, I don't know nothing about it. But Tim does. So <laughs> you're out like a cheat stove. You're like, oh, you just like that. Yeah, as soon as that heat comes on. Man, hold on. No, no, no. But that guy does. You need him. I'm not your man. I'm not your guy. Right? You see that all the time. Well, you know what? We sell folks out. And you know something really hurts. We sell the Lord out real fast. We get all upset with Judas and sold him out. But we sell him out a lot faster and a lot cheaper in the course of the day sometimes, don't we? You say, what do you mean? No, 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 no. When we choose our will over God's will, it's so no. Then say you couldn't come back. Then say you're a bad person. I'm just saying, look at ourselves first. And how much more do we need to invest in that relationship over and over and see things like that? And I wrote this down here. I said, there will come a time in your life that you will be tested. Everybody said amen. amen. And it's not comfortable. It's not fun, but it's part of life. And let me tell you this. I wrote this out last night. I said, friends, let me tell you. The deeper you go down with God, the stronger you will be now. I didn't say that you won't have a problem, but I'll tell you what, you have a great foundation so that you can stand and you can be steadfast. And I said, we never know what tomorrow may bring, but here it is. Just press into God. Press into God. We never know. I'm not telling you to run to God for insurance. I'm telling you to run to God because he's worthy. Amen. And when we know him and he's worthy, he's going to work those things together for the good. He's going to keep things in line. And he's going to help us get through that. I did not say you never have problems. I never minimized the problems that, that our friends and, and uh, brothers and sisters are going through. But what I pray each week is that we can get the spiritual tools in our tool bag in our heart. So when those times come, I didn't think come, but when those times come, we have a great foundation. When you have something going on, it, it, it's, it's tough to repair. Many, many of us was here in Isabel. That was the biggest flood that I can remember in my lifetime that I've dealt with. The time to prepare was not when the water was at your ankles, amen? It was prior to. I always say this. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you, right? So in our life, as we get the word of God and we put it to work in our life, it continues to build that foundation so that we can continue to help others, amen? It's hard to help somebody else when you're going down yourself, amen? But let me tell you this. God will take you right where you are. That does not mean you need to be a Bible scholar to be a helpful and healthy Christian. That means you need to be available, amen? That means we need to have faith in God. That means we need to walk it out with Him each day. How many people read the Bible every day? Don't have to raise your hand to say How many people are praying every day? How many people are praying for your church family and your family? Folks all over the world are leaders. Think about that. What would happen if you just took a minute? How many people take time to pray over their food? If you eat out as much as I do, you better pray over your food. Amen? <laughs> you know, and, and you can do it real easy because a lot of times, you know, it's funny, I, I, I go to eat with the guys a lot of time. And most of the guys that go eat with it, 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 it it's so funny. I'll tell you all this sometimes. Because they know I'm going to pray. Right? 
And we'll get a new guy there. And he's like this. And he, he'll have like that barbecue waiting in the house. Everybody else, my buddies are going, they're checking the sauce. They're making sure the salt shaker's right. Because they're going to buddies going crazy. So they're going to go this and they're looking around, take a sip on a drink. You know, and I'm getting everybody ready to get ready to pray. And so the guy that don't usually eat with you, don't pray. He got a mouthful of barbecue. And he said, well, let's just go ahead and pray because you don't know where the people's hands been back in his back. And he can just go ahead and just tell them that. You know, and that usually kind of just shows that. And I start praying in advance. And, and so, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't give God glory. No reason. All that God has done for you. And I say that to make it personal. God has done for you. Mm -hmm. Testimony, testimony over and over and over how God continues to work in our life. But you know what? If you just continue to seek Him shallowly, if that's a word, you're going to leave Him kind of shallow, aren't you? I'm not saying that changes God. I'm just saying if you don't have your receiver open, you're not going to hear Him really well, are you? If you're not seeking after Him and learning His word and putting His word in practical application, He's just going to work with what you got. How many people want to be further along in their relationship with God this time next year? Amen? Okay. What are we going to do differently, brother? It takes a plan. It takes, hey, I'm going to do it. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. Put those things into work now. I talk about leaving a legacy many times. And unfortunately, with being a pastor, you do a lot of funerals. And I've never set aside anybody that, that, that when their time is getting close, and they want their checkbook or they want their trophies or anything else. They want to know more about the Lord. And they want to know about are their family going to be okay. There's nothing more difficult than to preach a funeral when you don't know if that person knows the Lord. Because guess what? I'm going to declare the truth. And the truth is, if we have rejected the only way to heaven, we're not going there. Now, what I used to say is this, I don't know that person's heart or whatever, and I pray this. I said, you know what? I know that God is good, and if that person on their last breath called out in the name of Jesus, God is faithful, amen? amen. But why we? That's what I tell people. Now, many times I said, if we were preaching your funeral today, we would go to stand up here in confidence and say, you know what? I know my sister my brother has a personal relationship with the Lord, and today it's a celebration of life. That's all the difference. That's why every time we come together, every time we, we do a message, you always get the opportunity to respond to the gospel message. Amen. That is the good news. So you know what? How many people don't with shallow living? Say amen. amen. Let me give you some more scripture here. Down on 22, verse 22 of James in the same chapter says, Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone that looks at their, his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law and gives freedom and continues it in it, not forgetting what that they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. You've got to come to God to allow God to work through you, right? I was looking at this. So many times we want, we want to take a detour to get to God. We want to come to God on our own terms. We're going to talk some more about that. We come to God one way. It's through the perfect sacrifice of Christ. Not our perfection, His perfection. Our faith, His victory, which is in Peter's faith. Amen. So take a look at that and let's keep on moving. I love giving you all some scriptures to fit into your heart throughout the week. So next time we start looking around, we go from, from being in a shadow and sometimes the world will get things running out and we get
get knee deep. I call it knee deep living. I want to see what y'all think about that. If you look at the picture, you ever been knee deep in something like that? Kind of stunned. Kind of overwhelmed a little bit. And I said, it's so easy to get knee deep in the miry muck of the world. But you know what? God is able to deliver us. Amen. Stick with this. Psalm 40, verse 2 says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. See, David knew something about right now, didn't he? Anybody ever followed the life of David a little bit? You know, you think about David and Goliath. You think about all those things. You think about uh, his, his uh, being chased around for about 15 years from the time he was 15 until he was 30 before he was king being chased by Saul. We turn around and see where he blew up with Bathsheba and all those different things. But still, God says that he was a man after his own heart because he was quick to repent. He was quick to return back to him. And he knew something about that. David knew something about missing the mark, and God still used him. Does that does your heart feel good when you see that? It does mine. Let's keep on going. When we get that miry muck, don't get so focused on the mud that you miss the hand that is reaching out. You ever try to help somebody and it's just like they just don't, they're not getting it? I'm the only one, right? We have that, right? Then you go, my gosh. And this is what I tell people sometimes when I'm talking to them and ministering to them. And they said, I said, well, what's going on in your life? And they tell me what's going on in life. And then we tell them about the Lord. We tell them about the principles of God and the promises of God and, and what God said he will do. And they go, yeah, 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 but. Yeah, I know, but. And then a couple of months ago, I hear the same story again. I said, so what have you been applying to your life? Well, I'm doing this and I'm okay. How's that working out for you? If you're doing the same thing over and reaping the same thing, you might want to change what you're selling. Amen? What are you investing in? Are you still in, that, in, the, in the, the, the light end of the pool, the shallow end? Or then once we get into my remote, we just throw our hands up. You know, you get into that stuff, man, sometimes it's hard to get out. I remember one time, I was riding my motorcycle, just keep a motorcycle on my dirt bike with my dad, and I, I was growing to do everything about 19 now. And uh, my dad said, boy, you better wear a helmet, and I said, I ain't going that fast. He said, boy, you better get some shoes on, I have my flip-flops on. Nah, yeah, right? I said, oh, dad, I'm just going down the road. Yeah. So I'm going to ride, I'm going to ride, and uh, they were building some houses back behind where my folks were. And so we had all types of good stuff there. But I go down, and I get that motorcycle stuck. I'm not talking about, oh, I ran in a little mud. I'm not talking about, I sure wish I could push it out. I'm talking about, it was, a, now this is crazy. Not many people at that time rode a 500 in the dirt. They used to do a 125, but you know, I'm on top of it. Took it right on in. <laughs> man, shoot that rooster tail right up. Look Takes and you can say, 
Oh, you listen, I, I need my three-inch ratchet, and you got my saw, and you got my hacksaw, and you got a uh, pipe wrench. Guilty as charged, you know? So anyway, I did that. I go get one of my other buddies, and I said, man, I need some help. He said, what's up? I said, my motorcycle's stuck in the mud. Now, that's what you do with a, I taught a forward, that's a two-wheel. I get back, and I, as I'm walking back, I see these two little kids on it. They think they got a Yahtzee. I go, hey, look. I said, if you get it out, you can have it. They were, they were working, they were digging, they were working, they were digging. And all they did is sunk it with. I said, well, is that your last chance? He said, we can't get it, sir. I said, well, can you help me? <laughs> so we tied off to a tree when it was coming. And man, it took some help. It took some time. I mean, that, that, that piece of cable was like, Finally got that thing out. And when I started preparing stuff like that, I think about that Bible month, I thought about all the weight that was around that bike. I thought about all the, the pressure that was on my feet trying to get out. And it's just an analogy. That's the same thing that we have in the world sometimes. We feel like we're so overwhelmed that we can't get out. But let me tell you, God's got a Holy Ghost uh, ratchet that can pull you out. Amen. <laughs> He's got to come along. But you want to go along. Do you want to come along with you? You want to trust him in that. See, I could have said, no, I don't need that. I'll just keep on rocking it back and forth. No, I'll just keep on digging. I'll keep doing that. And all those things going down further and further and further and further. But nevertheless, God has a way to get us out. But if I get so focused on what I can do instead of what God has done and what God was willing to do, guess what? I miss out. Don't miss out what God is trying to do. Let's take a look at this. Going back a little bit. And James 1.16 says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Man. Isn't it good when you're in the midst of any storm to know that there is an anchor? To know that there is some truth. There is something that you can hold on to in the storms of life. When things are overwhelming, when you've blown it, when you've missed the mark, or when you're just experiencing something you didn't have anything to do with it. That pretty much covers one into the other. Then you're just when you're just in a tough, dark spot. Look at this. Don't let anybody deceive you because God is a good God. Now I want to get into a few things in here. And, and I want to spend a little bit of time on this. But I want you to see this here. Fear is really contaminated faith. Does that make sense? I want to talk about that a little bit. Here's the question. And I started off with this. If we trusted God the same amount of time that we doubted and worried about our situation, what would your life look like? Think about that. If you say, oh, me, I don't know if the car's going to start. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the credit union on time. Oh, you know what? I can just fill in the blank. And you rehearse the hurt. Rehearse the hurt. Right? Or do you say, you know what? Guess what? They're open tomorrow. <laughs> Guess what? You know what? I feel good today. I'm going to keep on moving. You know what? I'm going to see what's going on in my life. Lord, what is it that you have for me? Do we start out praising or do we start out proclaiming our problem anymore? That will set the stage for your day. I'm not saying that your problems aren't problems. I'm saying that God is a problem solver and good things come from our God. And as we continue to drop them off of his feet, and don't pick them up. We can start to see God working in those situations. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about when God promises you something and you doubt it? Let me 
say, I'll tell you what, after, after this right here, I'm going to take you out for lunch. And you go, yeah, sure, right. Huh? Isn't that your doubting me, right? Think about that. I, I want to make this real sharp because I want us to start changing the way we speak and the way we think. If you've got a promise of God on it, then you can count on it, amen? If you're counting on God and the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ to hold your salvation for eternity, you think he can help you with a few other things along the way? I'm thinking yes. And even if we don't understand all those things, if we get our mind wrapped around understanding that God is a good God and not a God of chaos, and he loves us and he loves us unconditionally, right? We start approaching our problems totally different. How many people love forgiveness? Amen. And grace and mercy. I say this all the time. Why is it when somebody's got their hand in our cookie jar, we want their arm? But when it's our hand in their cookie jar, we want grace. Think about that. Grace is an amazing thing. That doesn't mean, what did my buddy say the other day? <laughs> he said, when we're walking, we're working on something, he goes, Yes, I am a Christian. No, I am not a format. I said, I like that. You do In other words, yes, I believe what God says. I put my faith and trust in the Lord. But you're not going to walk on it. Amen? Never telling you to be weak. I'm telling you to be strong in the Lord. And sometimes to the world, that looks real weird. That looks real weird. What happens in a situation at work or in your family or at home or when you leave here today or whatever, that you give that person that you run into uh, in some type of disagreement, the benefit of the doubt. Just what would happen? Maybe they haven't done That might change everything. I say this many times when I'm speaking, talk to a lot of people, I probably repeat myself many times because I don't remember who I talked to after about 50 people. I started going back and forth and looking at that. So I just ask everybody, I said, hey, could you do this? Just give me the benefit of the doubt. Never going to say anything that I've heard to. Never gonna, if I don't get to call you back or something like that, I probably didn't get your call or whatever the case is. But you know what? I'm just using that as a small example. What would happen in other, other situations if we just gave people the benefit of the doubt? Let me sum it up in one word. How about we just show them some grace? How about we just show them some mercy? But like my buddy said, no, I'm not doing that. Lord, help us balance that out as we go through our life. You know what? Like I said earlier, if we put the same amount of stuff, that zeal into trusting God that we do doubt and everything else, these might be some of the things that we produce that we might think about. We might have a little bit of joy. We might have a little bit more peace, a little bit more forgiveness, a little bit more grace, a little bit more love, a little bit more trust, a little bit more compassion. You might even have a lower blood pressure. Come on, somebody. You might have a little bit lower blood pressure. You might find a cure for your ulcers. You might start living About doing good so far. Amen. All right, I want to hear what y'all say about this one. When you think of that word, what do you think right there? When you think of surrender, giving it away to God, giving up, whatever. Let's keep it in like a biblical sense here. Think about this. When you hear this, I said, you think about this: yield, submit, commit. God desires us for us to surrender our will to His so that His best can be poured out on us. Amen? Amen. If we can just, whoa, and submit our lives to Him, and that's a daily thing. Okay, let's be honest. It's a minutely thing, right? 
We have choices. All right? This message is not to beat anybody up. It is to lift you up. It is to get us out of the shallow end, not get us stuck in the miry muck, but get us into living in the deep end where we have to rely. Hey, y'all, yeah. When things come up and you get in a situation and you know, you finally you pray about it, you tweet this, you call this, you read this, you did this, you did all these things, and there's only one thing you can do. Trust God. You ever, you ever talk to somebody been through all these things? They talk to doctors, they talk to the to, to, to money man, they talk to this and all this, bankers, all, I don't care what it is, jobs, this, anything. And you get to the point where it's just like this. God's got it. When you come to that place right there, that's a place of surrender. And you know what? It's not always easy to get there. It is definitely not comfortable to get there. It's definitely not fun to get there sometimes because there's so many things going on. But when you get there, let me tell you, you are in the best place you can be. I didn't say the funnest place. I didn't say the most comfortable place. But you've got the best view of what God will do for you. And when it comes through, there's no other question. There's no other answer. There's no other, well, boy, it's true. It's God. And God gets the glory. As we surrender our life in those areas, I don't know what areas it is, everybody's got an area. And it may change time to leave it, it may change tomorrow, whatever like that. But if we're living, things are moving and grooving and things are, are growing, so we need to make course corrections. But you know what? If we can get our hearts surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, we can start seeing things move in that direction. Let's take a look at this. First John 1 8. It says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Somebody say amen. amen. If you want a good Bible verse to hide in your heart, that's a great one. Anybody blow it every now and then? Amen. Anybody blow it on a regular basis? Amen. I'm afraid for y'all it's dumb. <laughs> we do sometimes. And you know what? God says, you know what? Come to me and agree with me. Now, Lord, that was not a good thing. That was not a good plan. Help me in these areas. And what does he say to do? That we confess our sins. He is faithful and just and will. It doesn't say might. Sometimes, only on Saturdays, on Sundays, all that you give, he says, and he will forgive us our sins. Not just forgive us, forgive us. And purify us from all unrighteousness. I ask people this all the time. If they die tonight, you know, I'm sure you're going to happen. Ask them that all the time. Most times I get this response. I think so, or I hope so. Or sometimes I get this, yes. And I go, well, why is that? And most times, people will say, because I'm a nice guy. And you know what happens in my heart right now? I go, oh my gosh. This is a divine appointment. This is not, we're just not having to talk about this. We're not having a religious debate. We're having a... God intervention time here. And then I get to share with them, hey, have you, have you ever sinned before? Have you done this? Have you done that? You know, have you ever lied before? Have you ever stolen before? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. I said, and the Bible says it's important the man wants to identify the judgment. You've got to stand before the Lord. So if you're standing there, you just told me that you're lying, thief, adulterous of heart. We've got to meet the Lord on judgment. How would you fare out? How would you do well, God is a loving God. You're right. He's a loving God. God is a just God. God is a righteous judge. Amen. So how many people know if I went up and down and did burnouts out there around 
Fader Roberts and go back over there and slide sideways up there to Cliff Bowen's office over there at the uh, uh, police station, I might have a little problem. But I said, man, you know what? They grab me, throw me in there, and take me in front of the judge, and they go, I go, hey, judge, I heard you a loving judge. I heard you are. Would he be a good judge, or would he be a corrupt judge? It would be just an animal. And the answer is, it would be corrupt. That's what our own moral system is. How much more does God got to be perfect? So guess what? On that day, how many people want to be standing in their own goodness? Not me. Not even the pound. I want to be standing in the, what did he say? The forgiveness of our sins and the purity from all our unrighteousness. You know how that happens? Through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came in when we didn't even know him. Can you imagine? Let's go back to that court scene. I share this often. The gavels didn't ready to come down and say, man, you were speeding, you were doing this. There's a, there's a million dollar fine, man. But we're going to lock you up for the rest of your day. And before the gavel goes down, somebody I don't even know jumped in and said, I love him so much, I'll pay the fine. Would I say, nah, that's all right, I got it. Or would I embrace that and go, thank you so much for paying my fine? Jesus paid your fine. He paid our sin debt in full, amen? Jesus did that. So don't reject that. Receive that. Grab hold of that and start living deeply in Christ. Because you know what? There's something about being forgiven. It makes you feel just a little bit like home. It makes you feel just a little bit better about the day. It makes you feel loved a little bit, doesn't it? When you really realize what has happened, that's what God is doing. Let's keep on going. Got another scripture for us. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Somebody say amen there. Not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He wants everybody to come with him. He wants everybody to turn from their sin and turn to Christ. Amen. But you know what? We get all set sometimes, churches in general. And we go, well, you know, I'm good, it's on them. That is not disciple making. Disciple making is this. We have a burden for the lost on our heart. And we try to reach them with the message. Not beat them with the message. Reach them with the message. Amen. So many times we just think, you know what, uh, uh, we just want to just start banging Bible verses on their head and stuff like that. What happens if you just start loving them? What happens if you just start perceiving them right where they are? What happens if you show them the only Jesus they might see for a little while and start sharing the truth of God's message? That's living deeply in Christ. Take a look at this. I love this right here. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all? When you think about something that you purchase, everybody likes to give you But if there's something you really want, you will pay whatever the price is, amen? Yeah, we talk about different movies and stuff like that. They say, oh, we got little tidies over here, and we you know, we're going to cut his fingers off if you don't come get him. And uh, you got to send us a million dollars in a briefcase. What does dad do? He starts doing this. Right? How much is your soul worth? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me rewind this. How much is one of your eyes worth? It says one to two years old. Would you say, would you pay 50000 for your eyeball? 100000 Because you are off the rails. I'm going to get to you. Plug in on it. 
How about a million dollars? No. That's just your eye. How much more is your soul worth? How do you put a price tag on that? There's only one price tag. It was Jesus paid in full. Do you see how much God values you? Do you see how much you're worth? Sometimes we can get into dark spots. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed. Sometimes we get our worth from what somebody might say or think or what we wear or what we drive or what, where we, you know, whatever, where we work at. Let me tell you what. It's already been decided what you're worth on Everything. Let me help you with this. On your worst day, God said you're still worth everything. Anybody encourage you? I'm going to tell you what, that's how much God loves you. So when we start seeing that and living in the deep love of Christ, how much more do we want to go and tell other people about it? I don't see anybody go to hell. I don't want to see anybody miss out on this. Any shoppers in here? Anybody love to shop? My wife went both hands and her foot. <laughs> Amen. When you get a good deal, what do you do? I don't know why, but she's calling grandma. Mama. And mama ain't going to do that. They got to say up that. Yeah, mm -hmm, that's good. Right? Guys do the same thing. Guys do the exact same thing. Me and my buddy, we went to look at the truck the other day. I said, look at that truck, look at that truck. We looked at it. We drove two hours to go buy a little guy in this truck. 1969 Ford. Back of it, rusted all off. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. We get home, we go. He took it by said, where's the rest of it? What do you mean? We got the parts. We just got to put them back on. <laughs> That's the truth. But man, see, we can see the value. We see the finished product, man. You know? That's what God sees the finished product. Thomas comes over, he looks at it. I like that truck. If I didn't have so much money in my truck, I'd say, yeah, send me that truck. I like that truck. Everybody else is going, That's an old truck. <laughs> it's rusted. The tailgate didn't know that. Let's take that. Sometimes we don't feel like a masterpiece. But God said, oh, no, 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 you don't see what the finished work is. I see the finished work here. I know what they can be. I know what their worth is. <laughs> so now we start viewing others like that. How will we, how will we talk to them? How will we talk to them? How will we, how will we raise our children? You say, you can't do nothing. What's wrong with you? How many people do I talk to now that their folks talk to them like that then? And you try to pull the gold out, but it's amazing they still hear that voice from a child. You can't do that. What's your problem? So what happens is they've traded the truth of God for a lie of man. And you will only get the best that man can give you. So why not renew our mind with the word of God and go deep with God? You know, the few times that I have jumped in a, in a pool that's over my head, it's all faith. Had a pool in our backyard right over when I lived in Fox Hill. It was 27 inches long. And I had worked up to this. I knew that if I was on a boat and it was only 104 feet from the shore, I could make it. I could go back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. So that's like two four, six, four, something. Yeah. So that's 104 feet. Still in the shallow. I'm still relying on me. But what happens if I put the Holy Ghost water wings on and jump out? That life will preserve. My dad had a friend. I'm just here. My dad had a friend that was crazy as me, and he was older than me. I love him. 
And he had what they call wet jet. What do you call them? Sea dudes now? This when they first came out. That was like a 600. That's crazy. I mean, you're just taking off. You're rolling. I mean, water's coming in. Water's going out. Water's coming in. Water's going out. You're just doing all this. You love it, right? And I said, man, I want to ride on that. I said, but uh, I don't swim. He said, you want to ride? I got, I got life jackets. I got life jackets. I said, bring it on, buddy. I'm good. I'm riding. We're riding. We're riding out there by King Street, and we're passing the cars. They're on the bridge, and we're on there. I'm loving it. Wow, he lets me drive. Oh, he lets me drive. He said, well, you go motorcycles all the time. Why don't you ride this? I said, not a problem. Now, it has a little plug into the key thing when you fall off and cut the engine off. But it doesn't come back and get you. So I'm rolling. And now I've got like 30 seconds under my belt. I don't know everything about it, right? I'm rolling now. And I said, oh, if John did this, I could do that. And he went, whoa. And as he was pulling me off the bike, and we both went off the thing, boom. I got one feeling I was more than 104 feet away from the wet jet because I couldn't get it. But the good news was this. That life jacket held me just like this. I've been like this. I've been it's coming straight. And he swam over there. Got to come back and pick me up. And I was amazed by that life jacket. First one I ever had on like that. Well, I was like 18, 20 years old. Whatever. And I thought about that last night. And I said, how much more does God I couldn't have drowned myself if I wanted to. I was like, whoop, 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 yeah. And my head come right back up. I look like a little weevil. Back and forth. Think about that. That God has got you. Even when you're in the deep end, God will hold you there. He will get you to the side. He's not going to let you go down. Does anybody get that? He'll not let you go under. He's going to get you through. He's not going to leave you, abandoned you, amen? It's not going to be like you're out there weeks and months and all that. Sometimes it seems like a long time when we're going through a situation. But as we renew our mind with the Word of God, as we continue to speak the, the, the promises of God and stand on these, these verses, if you guys want to make sure you get them, take these and underline them in your body. Take these and, and, and memorize them in your heart. Because when those tough times come, these are great things to have in life for me. So listen to this. We have nothing to lose in Christ. Amen? If you don't take anything else away from what I'm saying, you have nothing to lose in Christ. When you reject Christ, you will say, you can have a few things here, temporary, but I'm going to tell you what, nothing compares to what God has for us. Nothing compares to that. And so today, no matter if you're in the shallow end, if you're knee deep, if you're out there kind of just trying to keep, keep your head above water in the deep end, don't be discouraged, man, because God is for you. Let's take a look at this one. this back I said, friends, today, I pray that you take this message to heart. It's full of God's promises. It's full of God's wisdom. It's full of God's love for us. And he's called us to go to the deep end. What happens is, many times, we get confused and we get a little bit of the word of God and we go off the deep end. We need to go to the deep end. Continue to come back and feed on what God has for us. Got a couple of things here. I said, I know that in our, in our, in our little earthly boat here, 
that he gets hammered with waves sometimes. We didn't know about the illness. We didn't know about this. We didn't think it would be like this. How many people got to a point in their life that, that, that you saw things like, I, I never thought it would be like this? Some good, some bad. Just a few weeks ago, when Denise had to go uh, to the doctors and we were waiting for the report. And then meanwhile, they're telling us all these things on this report. And I'm like, I'm putting all this stuff together and I'm going, I I'm not understanding what you're saying here. I'm not understanding. He said, he said this could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. She looks at me and she says, This wasn't in our plan.
friends, I hope uh, that you got the message today. Uh, it's always great to hear from you guys. And I'll tell you what, leave some notes. Let us know how God's working in your life. And we'll see you real soon. Thank you so much. Amen.